top shelf fantasy. All right. Two weeks away from the NFL draft. Podcast number 247. It's April 13th, 2023. Uh, in this podcast we'll talk about news some off-season team grades with uh the free agency kind of um kind of at a pause right now so it's a good time to give some grades out um and then kind of just dive into some new leagues um our dynasty league we're drafting in three weeks um today so that should be fun talk about that but greg dows how's it going oh you know the same old stuff not a lot of nfl news going on so my life doesn't have a ton of meeting other than losing bets left and right but uh that's for a story for another day yeah everything's just speculation at this point just playing the waiting game seeing the the week of lies news coming already seeing you know houston saying that they don't really believe in any other quarterback than than bryce young and they might pick will anderson saw that one earlier today and i was like yeah okay here we go like this is this is the point uh that you just don't believe any news, so you just don't really look at anything with, uh, you know, all confidence. And so now I'm just kind of sitting with my thumb up my butt, just <laughs> watching the clock go. <laughs> yeah, I put it in uh, when I was doing Houston's right up today. We'll get to this, but I was like, they're doing a very good job building in the right direction. They even brought in some veterans, maybe for some mentorship and whatnot. But if they don't draft a quarterback, like that all goes out the window. They just blew it. You know, they need a quarterback. I, I'm a big proponent of Davis Mills. I've been on his side. I've been in his camp for a while. But with how they're positioned in the draft, if they don't take one of these top three, four guys, I think they make a massive mistake. So let's hope that the news is strictly a smokescreen. They don't need Will Anderson at edge. You can get by with whoever they take at their later pick in the first round and, and be just as effective versus losing out on these top quarterbacks, I think would be a massive mistake. Yeah, Davis Mills isn't the guy as much as I do like him too, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to hop into just some news right off the bat. The big thing of the day, uh, Dan Snyder finally agrees to sell the Washington Commanders. Um, so it's sold it to an ownership group uh, headed by Josh Harris, the guy who owns the 76ers and the New Jersey Devils, along with a uh, a group of a bunch of other billionaires, I'm sure. And then notably Magic Johnson, which is kind of interesting. He's getting into some sports ownership on the uh, the NFL side. But the big news is $6 billion makes it the largest NFL team sale of all time, beating the Denver mark of $4.78 billion last year. I think it's one of the biggest just any sports franchise sales in the world. Because um, I know Chelsea, the football club, sold for like five and change billion dollars last year. So uh, even competing with soccer clubs is pretty impressive. Yeah, that's a lot of money. It's unfortunate that it's going to Dan Snyder because he's like an all-time unlikable guy, but what can you do? Yeah, we're so re- before re- that, dirtbag. the Broncos sold for $4.65 million, which I believe was something like maybe two years ago. Honestly, I don't think it was that long ago. Um, and so got to think the Broncos are probably a, a more – uh, or should be a, a higher valued franchise than the Washington Commanders. I don't know how they ended up with more uh, in, in money. I just think it's how these these 
you know, franchises are appreciating. And I was looking at it, how he started off. I think he paid either it was 300 million or 800 million or something like that. When he first bought the team 20 something years ago, like these teams are now just investments. Like these billionaires Mm -hmm. are now going to be able to just take these teams, have a little fun with it. Sure. But just, they might be flipping these things like in five years. Like it, it, it could actually get messy. Oh yeah. It's purely assets. Like it's just how the upper, upper, upper class plays the game. I mean, you even look at uh, Ryan Reynolds and uh, the dude from It's Always Sunny, uh, Rob McElhaney, buying that Wrexham football club. Yep. Like, they bought it for next to nothing, like a million bucks, which is, you know, a lot of money to us, but not a lot of money to them. And now if they get promoted to the next, you know, tier of English football, they're printing money. It's one of these things. And I, I looked into it a little bit when I first saw that documentary come out. And I guess billionaires have done this for as long as time has time has existed. So, Definitely an investment thing. Um, you know, you you own a sports franchise, you know you're going to make money. But along with that, you get probably a cut of the uh, stadium revenue. You get uh, access to the booking of the stadium. You bring in different shows and, and you know, performers that way. So it's definitely a multi-level uh, investment for these guys. But again, Dan Snyder, fuck you. Six billion dollars in your pocket. Piece of garbage. Piece of shit. Um, in other teams that I don't hate with every fiber of my being... Uh, the Vikings GM says Dalvin Cook trade discussions are ongoing. Um, pretty much sounded more like a company line just saying, yeah, you know, if somebody brings us an offer, we're going to listen to it. We're not shooting it down. We know that he still wants to be traded. Doesn't seem like he's going to Buffalo with uh, his his brother there, but I guess time will tell on that. I would guess not with the Damian Harris signing over there as well, but who knows? I still think Dalvin Cook ends up lining up for the Vikings. Uh, come come the 2023 season, but that's just me. I don't I don't know. I don't have any any inside track on that. Yeah, I mean, it's a guy that's not going to get cut. Um, because you see this happen sometimes. Like, if we're not get cut, but it's Dalvin Cook. Like, he's top tier in the league. If anything, you you'll see a draft day trade. Like right. we saw with AJ Brown last year. That's when I think it it it, it could happen. Yeah, there's a few of those like draft day trades that I think could really take place this year. DeAndre Hopkins is another one. Uh, I think that fits that category. Derek we still see, yeah, we, yeah, we still see a lot, uh, not a lot of movement on their parts, but we know these guys want to change homes, so that would fit the bill. Um, especially I mean, when people start to flesh out their draft, you know, who's available on the board. A couple, you know, rows down here, Devin White is one that uh, mm-hmm. you know, just requested a trade. I think he's actually a prime candidate for a trade, especially with the team that, you know, may not have a quarterback right away and have you know, a reason to get actually something for their top defensive asset. Yeah, that's, exactly. Yeah, that's a good call. You know, some team looks at who's on the board and says, hey, I'd rather have Devin White than this pick, and the Bucks want that pick for whatever reason. It's a match made in heaven, so it makes perfect sense to think of it that way. Um, in other deals that are not getting done, the Packers are refusing to move off of their request for a first-round pick in return for Aaron Rodgers uh, in that deal with the Jets that has been dragging on for what feels like a million years now. So if that's the true hang up and they want a first round pick and the Jets won't give it, I don't know that that's something that gets resolved. I mean, if you just say we don't want to give up our first round pick and you're hoping the Packers uh, flex on that and they'll they'll take less, I I don't know that it happens. I mean, I wouldn't take less. No, neither would I. I think so too. I wouldn't either. And 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 the Jets, I think, know that um, the Packers are in a tough spot. It, it's really just they're just waiting to see who who's going to budge. And I, if I'm the Jets too, I'm safe to just pick that and continue on. And 
not give the pick because then they can go, well, I'll give you my next year's first. That way I don't, you know, I get my, mm-hmm. my player in this draft this year, but you know, there's the funny story of San Francisco, maybe being someone that could jump in the, the train here. And that, that might, um, you know, that could be, that could be the, the Packers putting that out there. So it gets the jets to, to move a little, or, you know, if it's true, that'd be great. I would love it because I just love watching the jets crash and burn. Yeah. Like, Oh, there's nothing like it. Like they're just getting too cute. Where it's like, oh, they'll take anything at this point. Actually, San Fran offers a first. We went with them. Like, oh shit. Um, it kind of reminds like like a carves trade in our league, our dynasty league. Like, go back and forth for weeks and weeks and weeks. Then at some point you trade with them. Like, fuck, I gave a give away too much. That's what I feel like the Packers are going to do with the Jets. But I hope the Jets just kind of shit their pants and just not get them and then roll with uh. I think they only have uh, Zach Wilson there as of right now. <laughs> yeah, because they Joe lost Flag Mike was Wade. Gone. Joe Flacco's a million. Very interesting situation unfolding, to say the least. So, didn't they uh, sign? They signed um, someone that used to play with Hackett or w- with the Packers. It was like Tim Boyle or something. Like, I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> so one of those like third string. Yeah, exactly. QB slash QB coaches on the sideline mm-hmm. carrying clipboard. Hey, Tim Boyle, you're starting. Fuck, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> no, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> Make it two million bucks. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's Tim Boyle. Nailed it. And they still have Chris Stribbler there as well. For Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, him. Yep, 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 yep. Good, good, good. Still gross. Um, the Cowboys, story out of the Cowboys camp leaking that they are interested in making a move for Derrick Henry. Um, Derrick Henry has been long on the outs with Tennessee now. Seems like they would be open to moving him as part of their rebuild for assets. Cowboys are open to acquiring him. Makes sense considering they just lost Zeke Elliott. Uh, I don't know what they're trying to give up for him. I'm sure Tennessee probably wants, you know, a whole boatload, but I can't imagine the Cowboys are willing to give it for still what it is at the end of the day, an aging running back um, in in this day and age. I think he's worth like maybe a fourth. I don't know. Yeah. Like, if if you're in win-now mode, I give a second every day for Derrick Henry. Yeah, sure, he's old, but if you need him for one year to make a run at the Super Bowl, that second pick is not going to mean well, shit to it's, you. And... It's a big, it's a big contract, which is the the reason why you see some of these guys True. go for these fifth round picks and stuff, things like that. That's why the Cardinals haven't traded Hopkins yet because well, it's fifth round pick or it's second. Tennessee holds yeah. half the salary or seventy five percent of it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's always like convoluted when you bring in the salary aspect to it, and then mm-hmm. on top of it, you've got you know the Cowboys who are perfectly positioned to take Bijan Robinson, you know, or, or somebody mm-hmm. of that caliber, and you say, hey, we'll have him on a controlled rookie salary for four years. Uh, it, it's kind of not a catch twenty two, but you're kind of you have to see both sides of it, and it's like, do we spend on a guy who we know what he is, we know he can contribute, but we might have to overpay for his salary and for a pick. Or do we just make this pick and move on and kind of roll the dice and hope that Bijan contributes how we all expect him to at the pro level, which may or may not work out. I wouldn't want to make that decision either. Uh, for me, I feel a lot safer just given a second for Derrick Henry. Maybe you pick Bijan and Derrick Henry, and then you have three guys back there with him, the two of them and Tony Pollard. Yeah, and just destroy fantasy football. For yeah, I would us. cry. I <laughs> have Pollard and Henry, and I have a one-on-one in the league. Let's oh, not own them all. Perfect. <laughs> I will own. I would own them all. Hey, for you, Craig, uh, somebody posted on Twitter today, would you would you still consider Bijan your first one-on-one or your, your one-on-one pick in Dynasty drafts 
if he goes to the Patriots? 57% of people said yes. I would still too. I don't care I where would, he goes. I take no. I the take reason why the reason over. why Jonathan Taylor started right behind Marlon Mack after his thousand yard season, and he still went one oh one. Granted, he got lucky that Marlon Mack got hurt. He still went one oh one. It's just the talent is going to outweigh you just, just twisting that knife on me because I was a Marlon Mack guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just think Stevenson is better than Marlon Mack, though. I mean, I love Ramondre Stevenson, too. Don't get me wrong. I think he's probably going to be an RB1 this year if he doesn't have anyone come in behind him. Um, But the thing is, you're going to look at it and go, well, his contract's up at the end of the year. That means I still dynasty-wise have Bijan to be the lead back the year after. you know, And he'll be in a running back by committee at this time, sure, and maybe the following, but he'll be the 1A. So anywhere you look, Running backs contracts are expiring, and and I think that, uh, you know, he could go to the freaking uh, Vikings today, you know, with Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook and those rumors and everything. I'd still feel comfortable taking Bichon one on one. Nice, I'd love to hear it. How about if he goes to the Chargers? How happy are you? Just that'd be say, that'd be fantastic. See you later, yeah, then, then <laughs> even if not, it was out of there fast. Even if not, even if yeah. Eckler stays, he's probably well, got an out at the end of his contract. That's why yes, he wants a new one. Last you know, year, this so is they're like, going to him. You know, it's also dy- look it's, at it. Yeah. It's also dynasty. You're you're in this for the long haul. Exactly. Yeah, this isn't a one year guy. Um. All right, moving forward, the Lions trade Jeff Okuda to the Falcons for a fifth round pick. Um, we talked about this briefly in our group chat, so mm-hmm. just kind of rehash that. I think it's a great deal. Uh, Falcons need help in the secondary. Lions. And Jeff Okuda had kind of gotten off to a rocky start. He never really lived up to the hype that he that he had when he was first drafted. But new home, new situation, new defense, new scheme. I think it's a great fit. Um, he should he should see big rap uh, big reps right away. And then the Lions in on their side, they get a fifth round pick out of it. Great, but they don't they not don't have to pay him next year when he's due up for a uh, a contract, and they can draft somebody else or or fill the role with one of the guys they have on the team already that they like. Yeah, I think this fifth is the the situation of the money, which is stupid because he's still a decent enough player. He probably just started to have conversations with them this year and and wanted to have more than they were willing to pay. And some players that make that mediocre, um, you know, leap from college to to the pros and are high draft picks, you know, they may not be a bust, but they're still looking for top dollar and things just don't add up and you have to let them go. So I think the compensation could have been a little bit better for the lions, but I think they also looked at that as just a money move. Yeah. And I look at him still as a 24 year old cornerback who still has a great body of work behind him. Um, You know, just didn't really translate to the NFL so far, but maybe it's a coaching thing. There has been a lot of turnover and change in Detroit during his his time there, you know, Dan Campbell has been there a couple of years now and it seems like it's leveling out and he seems like they're heading in the right direction, but maybe he just didn't fit their future plans, whatever they are. Maybe he, you know, he's not a Campbell guy. Campbell wants to get his guys in. Um, who knows what it is, but I think, I think it's a good move. Both sides. I think the lions also just brought in and we probably end up talking about it, but I think they just brought in a couple of corners. So he was almost expendable. Perfect. Even better. Um, Quinn Johnson or Johnston rather finally runs a 40 at his pro day. Runs a four five two, um, so pretty much every single point that we made about JSN and his four five just apply. Terrible, to, uh, terrible here. Um, <laughs> then he ran a seven three one cone and a four two eight shuttle. So those uh, are all the exact average, almost right. Like <laughs> it, I would say, maybe like plus or minus a tenth or two, um, uh, or, or excuse me, a hundredth or two. 
on the cone and shuttle, but four five two is the average wide receiver runtime. So yeah, very average. Uh, I would just say to me that means again, uh, we don't have a ton of wide receivers in this class that stand out and separate themselves from the pack. Oh, he has a size. He has a size yeah. of physicality that gives him, you know, he's got ball skills, different traits. You know, these these wide receivers, this is the only wide receiver in this class that I feel is like that. That that outside he happens to do the same numbers at a bigger stature than some of the other guys. Exactly. I think that's a good way to look at that as well. That's why we bring Craig on for the rookie scouting. <laughs> um somebody who's not a rookie, Odell finally signs with Baltimore. Um, story leaked out today or yesterday, maybe that uh, Lamar was active in the recruitment of Odell to Baltimore. Uh, I'm not sure how active Lamar would have had to have been if Odell knew he could get 18 million out of the Ravens. I'm sure he would have signed pretty damn quickly. Uh, that's a ton of money for a guy who hasn't played football in a while. I mean, stop me if I'm wrong, but I think that's a little on the high side for what we've seen the wide receiver market look like this year. Um, but I would assume that this means something if Odell and Lamar were in touch with one another. I don't think Odell signs in Baltimore unless he knows Lamar is going to be the one under center. I don't think he signed up to play with Tyler Huntley. No. Um, I mean, we've seen, I think 10 million a year was the highest uh, for any receiver this offseason, And then Odell got signed. I, th- I thought he would go for like one for seven, one for eight as like a prove it deal. Yeah. But $15 million guaranteed could make up to 18. That's, uh, and then, you got to sign Lamar. It's like, well, you could have paid him like, you know, 8 right. million less. And maybe a good chunk of not, that is not that 8 million <laughs> is going to, you know, do much for him, but it's spread out. I think between the next four years, even though it's a one year deal with a bunch of different thing with a salary cap. So it's really 3 million bucks this year, even though I'll get paid 15, like they can cut him after this year. And he still gets paid th- four more years after this. Yeah. There's always something funky going on with the deals, but at least for their salary cap, this year, it's okay. It's one hit. It's one guy. It's, it's a few million bucks, and then he's getting paid. Sure, it's a one-year deal. If he comes on plays well, you still go sign him to a longer-term deal in the future. And if it's you know three million a year, whatever you figure it out and you factor that in. Flip side, if he sucks, you're not on the hook for much. You just cut bait and you go on your way. If he gets hurt again, he's probably done for his career anyways. Um, I'm just I'm far more interested in how it impacts Lamar. I, I just assume it has to mean Lamar is going back to Baltimore. Why else would Odell sign there? I don't see another quarterback on their roster or anybody um, coming down the pipeline in the draft that is going to entice a guy like Odell when he definitely had other options. Uh, I know the Giants were a big one that he was talking about returning to. Jets also. So um, I I don't know. It wouldn't make sense for me or it wouldn't make sense to me to see him go somewhere without knowing that he has a a high caliber quarterback to play with. It's just the strangest contract that I think of because I'm even looking at his con- uh, his actual career earnings and there's only one other season he's actually been paid or will be paid uh, around the same or, or higher uh, than the 15 million to maybe 18 million 17 million he earned for his first year with the Cleveland Browns so and that was the beginning of his massive contract so mm-hmm. where this number came from is kind of it is it's very strange and if Lamar was actually part of it this is all you know speculation but if he was a part of it I can almost see it being like Lamar saying all right listen I'll take a little bit less this year if you give it to Odell 
I don't yeah, know. Right. I don't know, but th- it has to be something like that because it doesn't even make sense. Even the year that he was with the Rams after his other ACL injury for the for the Browns, it was half of a season. He had four million dollars. So take that. That's an eight million dollar contract after his first ACL tear. Now he's on his second. And he gets double that. This doesn't make sense. Well, plus he was going to sign like week ten or eleven of last year. Like, all right, he's all healed. And then teams like, all right, well, you know. Let's see your run. He's like, oh, I can't run yet. Like, oh, right. <laughs> and he's like, and I want like fifteen million and like a long term deal. It's like, what? Why the hell would anyone do that? Especially for OBJ, that he's not like the kindest person. Like he could be a <laughs> locker room d- disaster too. So right, yeah. Um, real shocking, big but risk, big risk. I, I think at this point we could just think that Lamar is going to be there. Yeah, I think you have to. Yeah. Um, another quarterback news: Hendon Hooker is set to visit the Detroit Lions this week. And this is exactly what we talked about last week on the podcast with Derek. Uh, makes perfect sense. Hendon Hooker coming up draft boards. He's a perfect guy to sit maybe a year behind Jared Goff. Mm. Just wanted to toot our own horn there for a minute. TSF are a bunch of genius models. Toot toot. toot, toot. I like it. I like him for the uh, for the Titans, but that's yeah, yeah that's, that's another hot one. Yeah, yeah, that's a it's a good fit. Yep. Yeah, he's he's definitely going to be um, someone to watch out for. I don't like it for my Malik Willis shares, but I'll have yeah, to you yeah. just get, just got to bite the bullet. Got to bite the bullet. Those shares are almost gone right now. He looks so bad in his time on the field this past year. I don't think there's anything that can redeem him. So moving on, the Browns have come out and said they're not going to retain Kareem Hunt. Um, they go as far as to say he's lost some speed. Uh, this seems like a like a bad breakup. Uh, Kareem doesn't want to be there. The Browns don't want him there. And they're trying to tank his value on the way out of town. It's a good move. It's calculated. Well played. Yep. Cremont remains unsigned. I I haven't heard anything. Of, no, I haven't seen him linked to one like, team. Linked to anything. Nope. Anyone. And NFL comes out because that you fast. Like Cremont just get tossed right, the, right in there with Latavius Murray's <laughs> at the league. You're that's what you are now. You're gonna you're gonna be signed at yeah, the beginning of training four or training camp, and hopefully you make the roster, practice squad, Melvin Gordon-esque shit. But <laughs> right. um, I mean, if you lost speed for Cream Hunt, that's that's his it. Whole, his whole game yep. is speed and shiftiness. Has Leonard Fournette signed anywhere? No. no. Okay, that's so same situation. Yeah, that's definitely a guy. It's th- these two guys are going to be after the NFL draft. Okay. Know, Zeke we, is almost we same. We couldn't get same, this guy. Uh, yeah, been linked to people, but he's not signed. So I think it's yeah, more this of the is same. this he is the running back sh- market. We knew even with the beginning signings, going wow, we actually you know raised my eyebrows how low the money was for these yeah. running backs. Like Cream Hunt's not getting over a million bucks where he goes. Yeah, if, if Damian Harris got one point three and change, like Cream Hunt's getting that if he's lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Vet men, what was it? One point like one point one five or something like that. Yeah. It's not a lot. Very good. <laughs> yeah, I I hate that for a year. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, dude, that's nothing. I couldn't even survive on that, man. Um, Robert Sala says Brees Hall's recovery on his ACL is going fantastic, which is great to hear. Um, you hope he's ready sooner rather than later. I hope that they also don't rush him back. But as soon as he's ready to get on a football field, you know the Jets are going to trot him out there. Yeah, it's good to hear. I mean, they got Zedem and Knight, Michael Carter there, and Casey. He can't go week one, so. They have options there, and they're yeah, they'll, they'll be fine. 
I'd hope that they would, you know, hold hold him out until he's ready with, like you said, the other options they have available. They they don't need to rush him back, but it's the Jets. They will. Mm-hmm. Just positive news. Yeah, I mean, with with the way that we've seen some other guys recover from these injuries lately, yeah, it could um, be yeah, it could be Javante's news. You know, Javante, <laughs> J.K. Dobbins, you know, like these guys took a while to get back to to full speed. So, um, fingers crossed for him. I want to move on into some free agency grades, the big uh, chunk of this pod. I would love to. Great. So would I. Please, everybody open up your pamphlets at home and follow along. (laughs) We're just going to take it. We'll take them in order. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, first team off the rip. That got me. It's like, what pamphlets? They didn't send me shit. (laughs) Did like a Uh, third grader write this? No, no, no. no. It was just Scott. (laughs) You gotta get you gotta get on the uh, TSF mailing list, so you make sure you get your 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 weekly follow along pamphlet. We'll mail it ahead of the podcast, so you can check the segments. Um, Brochure I threw out right away when I got in the mail. (laughs) Check your spam. (laughs) Exactly. All right, Arizona Cardinals. We're coming out hot with a C minus for the Cardinals. Um, You know they're in a weird precarious position. We still need some some um, things to happen for them. The DeAndre Hopkins movement still needs to figure out what it's doing. And if he's going to end up on another team, what they're going to return for him. But I'd say beyond that, they are in a weak division minus the Niners. There's definitely a lot of uh, ability to, to win this division, but they don't have a quarterback for the first several weeks. And again, they find themselves caught in this in this weird limbo. So I, I found it hard to give them a much higher grade than a C minus, given the players that they lost, like uh, Byron Murphy, uh, Grugier Hill. Um, and then, I mean, J.J. Watt's retirement's not entirely their fault, but they still lost him. Rodney Hudson, uh, a standout off- offensive lineman at center. And they've really only brought in Kaiser White, Zach Pascal, like a lot of guys who don't move the needle for me much one way or the other. And I-, I may have expected to see them do something at the quarterback position just to find somebody to stem the tide while they waited for uh, Kyler Murray to be back. But looks like they're content to roll with Colt McCoy or any other number of backup quarterbacks. So, um, yeah, just a, a very lackluster uh, offseason for them so far. Hard to ding them um, too hard. I, you know, I don't want to give them, put them in D or F range, but I refuse to put them much higher given the players out and the players brought in weighed against one another. Yeah, yeah. The, the players that are in, like the, the, there's a lot, but it's it's very cheap money deals. Like it's just to fill right. the roster. That's it. Like it's a mad you sign one guy like fuck. Now I need to spend like a million bucks on one on um, eighty people. So right, that's kind of the, they definitely did. proved that they were very content to just let this offseason go by. I mean, you you mentioned Rodney Hudson, uh, Hudson, but I mean, Pew is a starter, and mm-hmm. and Ford played good minutes, and mm-hmm. you know their their offensive line's taking a big hit, um, and they didn't really had something much you know on that side to 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 combat that. So. This is going to be one of the worst teams of the league next year, and I think they know it. So they're not—they weren't going hard in free agency. Yeah, and then if they had just embraced that a little bit more, I could have even bumped their grade higher. Like, had they done less and signed less players, but then had also like actively shopped James Conner or put you know uh, Marquise Brown on the block or you know somebody somebody else and just said, hey, we're going to go full tank mode, acquire a ton of assets. But maybe this isn't the draft for them to do that. Maybe they're just Brown is hard though because. Oh, he's hard. It's trade and sign, right? Like big, big money. Um, I mean, Ch- chosen Anderson's gone. A- AJ Green retired. Not that they did, did much, but I mean, and I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, still Bobby's. Hawkins won't be playing there week one. I, I don't think 
So yeah, that's that's a guy that we aren't even talking about yet either. I mean, you could talk about too. uh, I think you mentioned JJ Watt, but Zach Allen too. Like these are these are big defensive Mm -hmm. pieces. You know, Tristan Hill was no slouch. Uh, Like there's just a lot of a lot of turnover here for them. Yeah, Marcus Golden played a ton of snaps, like a ton of people. So, I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough team to grade out as well, though, because if you are tanking, sure, you lose these people, doesn't really affect your tank. If that's your approach, I can't ding you for it, but you're supposed to put a football field on, on yeah, exactly. Together yeah. Each week, your football team together on the field each week doesn't seem like you've quite done that. So, uh, time will tell. And if and again, the mismanagement of the DeAndre Hopkins situation probably should result in them being dinged a little bit more, too. At one point, they probably could have had a second or third round pick for him. And now all the stories are saying that he might end up just being a flat out release. Yep. Like, that's yeah. bad. If that if that happens, <laughs> yeah. I will drop this grade retrospectively or retroactively to an F. Get a day two pick and draft a wide receiver. Right. See what pans out now. They're going to be out probably eating some of his fucking salary, too. Yep. Um, all right. The Falcons, we gave a hot A to. Um, ATL gets an A. ATL gets an A. Um, they lost Marcus Mariota. Who cares? That That's fine. Um, Jesse Bates, this the safety, is the biggest signing there in my mind. Taylor Heineke is a fine signing for a camp battle with uh, Ritter. Um, I know we linked Atlanta to Lamar Jackson when we did our first QB Carousel podcast. Not lucky to get it happen. It, it was kind of a long shot anyways, but um, you could always see them get a quarterback in the draft as well. Um, Jeff Okuda, again, the other day, they got him for a fifth-round pick. And no harm, no foul. If he doesn't work out, whatever, but he's got all the talent in the world. Um, that's all I have for these guys. You guys can talk about other people. Yeah, I want to say they also uh, address their defensive line concerns. They had one of the lowest pressure rates in the league, and then they bring in David Onyemata as a tackles position and uh, Calais Campbell as well off the edge. So a couple guys that can definitely disrupt the defense, uh, make an impact. And then they brought in Mike Hughes to play some cornerback for them. I think he got a little bit overpaid, but they decided they wanted to address the situation there. So now you have Mike Hughes and um, Jeff Okuda as new additions in the secondary and then Matt Collins at wide receiver is not a bum by any means. He can definitely contribute. Um, Atlanta didn't have a lot of options beyond Drake London and Kyle Pitts last year. So all of these additions, I think, move them in the correct direction, plus the picks that we're still going to see them spend. Um, and they really did not lose much, uh, like you mentioned. There, there's not a ton of huge star power that they let walk this offseason. So I'm very happy to see um, what, the, what they can turn this into. I'm kind of excited to watch the Falcons again for the first time in a while. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go that far. But, uh, <laughs> I would say, I would say this: one of the teams with the most free agent money, uh, cap spending, you know, used it wisely. They didn't break the bank. They brought in a lot of good defensive pieces, and um, you could tell. I, you know, I could tell the, the they could tell their defense was one of the worst in the league last year. So they freaking really bolstered that this free agent uh, period. So this is this is all all around good for them. All right, moving on. We get the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I'll I'll take this one because I bashed them kind of hard, so I should probably support this. I gave them a D in my grading system here. You brought in Odell Beckham and Nelson Aguilar, and that's it for your additions in an offseason where you don't know who your quarterback is going to be. So if your top signings are two wide receivers, one who hasn't played football in a year, 
and one who was active but pretty much didn't play football in a year. Um, I have a, a lot of qualms with what you've done. Um, you also have the entire outstanding Lamar Jackson situation. If you can't come to a resolution on that, I need a grade lower than a D for you. You'll probably get an F for letting him walk, uh, especially if you continue to trot out Tyler Huntley, who showed last year that he can't really be that quarterback. Um, you also managed simultaneously while not adding anybody to lose starting guard, Ben Powers, Josh Oliver, who I wouldn't have signed for what he ended up getting paid anyway. So I'm fine with that. You let Calais Campbell go. Okay. He's aging. You have a different approach. Fine. But then you lost Marcus Peters and Kyle Fuller on a team last year who struggled in the secondary. So I'm not really positive what the approach going forward is. You're still in a tough division in the AFC North. You have to contend with the Bengals. You have to contend with the Steelers, who I mean, I think are going to be improved this year. Um, whoever else is in that division that I'm spacing on right now. Brown. It's there you go. Don't worry about the Browns. They're going to suck. Just kidding. Deshaun Watson could, you know, return to form. So I think letting two starting defensive backs go when all you have left is Marlon Humphrey isn't a great approach either. Um, now, the, the more I talk, the lower I want to make their grade. I might go in and edit it to a D minus, but um, yeah, they need I, to do something. And like their DNs were old anyways, but Campbell, Justin Houston, Pierre Paul, that's still three large voids there. It's not like you yeah. had people behind them that's going to be like, all right, he's the next guy. Like, Patrick yeah, I mean, Green's got, not that guy yet. They've <laughs> got Adafi Owe who might be able to play some football, but he's raw. He's only been playing since um, he started college. He, he's like new to football. I don't think he even played in high school. Is he uh, the Embiid of the NFL? <laughs> kind of. Uh, he used to be Joseph Owe if you go to look him up. He changed his name to Adafi when he made it to the NFL. But Makes um, sense. And he's good. He like he, he's good. He's fine. But I don't think he is the answer to all of their, you know, uh, departures. You know, Calais Campbell has been just an absolute unit for his entire career. And I think he's going to continue to do that in the NFL for at least a couple more seasons. So weird move. Don't love it. Ravens not happy with you. D for now, potentially lower. Depending on what happens with Lamar. If they sign Lamar, all is forgiven. You get right up, right back up to a B. <laughs> You're like, oh, cool, yeah, it's it, Lamar and Odell. Now they'll make it work. This is it's clear by their losses and additions that they've they've game planned the money for Lamar to pay yeah. for him, yet they just haven't done it. <laughs> right, like they're hamstrung to do anything else because they don't know how much money they're gonna have to give Lamar. <laughs> they're like, we gotta save it just in case. He says it's like it's all go. It and is- obviously, this D is just completely capped off cherry on top with uh, the signing of Nelson Aguilar, who is obviously the worst wide receiver in the NFL. One season over 40 catches since 2018, and it was like 48. The Raiders. It sucks. Wait, yeah. Yeah, for, no, sorry, 48 was still uh, the Patriots. It's his second or his first season with the Patriots. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, he, wow. he had 60, like one with the, the Raiders, Raiders, but that was like 2017. I had to handpick my stats. Still remember, shocked like, that really it's sucks. like, hey, like before Odell, it's like we need to get Lamar back. Let's get, get go out there and sign him wide receiver. Right. Let's get Aguilar. That will get him here. Need him. Nigeria. Lamar is like, you know, you you're pushing me away, right? Like I don't want this guy. <laughs> I don't want to be in the same locker room as this guy. <laughs> guy reeks. Drops everything. And they lost week one, Sammy. So he, you got to yeah. drop the grade there too. Yep. Exactly. F minus week week one, Sammy. Yep. Uh, Buffalo Bills, we gave him a B minus. Um, didn't have to do you know 
too much. They lost some uh, receivers, McKenzie, Crowder. They got rid of some slot guys that didn't work out. They bring in Deontay Hardy from the Saints. I think that's a very under-the-radar move. I think that's a great move um, for them to bring in Hardy. Connor McGovern, the uh, the guard, that's a great addition as well. They did lose, of course, uh, Tremont Edmonds, Devin Singletary, um, but they brought in Damon Harris. So I think that's an upgrade at running back. I think it's an upgrade for a wide receiver. If not, it's, it's just a wash, and we'll see what Hardy does. But I think on the offensive part, they've gotten um, better overall. Yeah, offensively, I definitely think they've gotten better. Um, defensively, obviously, Tremaine Edmonds is a huge loss, but they were so cap-strapped, it was an, an inevitability. Um, Josh Allen eats a ton of cap. Steph Diggs eats a ton of cap. Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde eat a ton of cap. Um, Tredavious White eats a ton of cap. It's You can only have so many of these high... Vaughn Miller eats a ton of cap. Uh, Ed Oliver eats a ton of cap. You only have so many of these guys, right? Um, Tremaine Edmonds, odd man out. Bad year to be a free agent in Buffalo. Um he flips over to Chicago. We'll talk about him later. I think it just it's hard. It was hard for me to give them a terrible grade, even though I believe Tremaine Edmonds is one of the best uh, interior linemen in the NFL. Or sorry, interior linebackers in the NFL. But I just think it had to happen. So I don't want to hurt him for it. I don't want to be like, oh, F, because you lost them. It's like, yeah, it kind of had to. And, and they've got enough depth there with uh, Matt Milano and uh, the other guy whose name is escaping me. Doesn't matter. They've got enough depth there that I think that they could stomach it. Mm. Okay. Right. Let's move the. I mean, there's nothing else to say. They, they, it's, <laughs> it's it's a, it's a fairly uh, you know, even even turnover for the for the Bills. Yeah, it's one of those rich get richer things. Too. It's like, what do we have to do? We we got to fill, fill a couple holes. We need to play better. Is what we need to do. We need to sign new guys. Yeah, rich get richer <laughs> or just stay the same, which is fine. Mm. And the Panthers, Carolina. Yeah, Craig, you want to start with this one? Yeah, I mean, this is probably the the best offseason team that <clears throat> that you can have this season. This season. You know, the, the Carolina Panthers went ahead and brought in Adam Thielen, which was, you know, one big weapon for their new quarterback that is obviously going to be picked one-on-one. DJ Shark, another one. Miles Sanders, another weapon. Hayden Hurst, another weapon. You know, there's they just set – they're just setting up the young quarterback for – uh, uh, you know, success, and and that that's that's really what teams have missed doing in in the past. I mean, yeah, they lost DJ Moore, but uh, they they brought in these other guys, and and I think that you know having a good run game that something that they you know were working towards after leaving uh, or letting CMC walk. Uh, their offensive line is good enough to get Miles Sanders involved, and and they have really all the. You know all the positives that you can say for for a team in free agency. You know they had picked nine going into it, and now they have one and two good wide receivers to help their quarterback. Like there's really not much that you can hate on for for the Carolina Panthers here, and and, and you know, rightfully so. You guys had given them an A plus. Yeah, I mean I was skeptical when they came out that they were trading DJ Moore, and then I saw the return. And I was like, okay, you know I get it, it makes sense. You know you can imagine that now DJ Moore turns into a hopefully successful top pick at quarterback, uh, whoever it is, if it, whether it's Bryce Young, CJ Stroud or somebody else. Um, I think it's a, it's a great off season. It's heading in the right direction. And the Carolina Panthers have every shot at being favorites after they come out of the draft to win the NFC South. I mean, they're competing against the saints, the bucks 
and Falcons. The Falcons. I mean, very winnable division this year. Yeah, in in terms of the teams rebuilding. Um, I mean, every team in that in that division is rebuilding. The Saints maybe w- would push them, given they have the best quarterback, and quarterbacks seem to uh, drive betting odds. But I wouldn't bet against the Panthers, uh, to be quite honest with you, to to win the division this year. Yeah, besides DJ Moore, they didn't. They lost a lot of guys, but not huge guys. Like, yeah, they Darnold didn't bring Walker's back, uh, gone. Corey Littleton, the linebacker, whatever. Dante Foreman replaced that with Miles Sanders. I, I just think it's a huge win. Yeah, I, I think one of the of bigger ones that they haven't replaced yet is the Matt Ioannidis um, departure. Yeah, He's been a great defensive lineman mm-hmm. for, for years and years. But great defensive linemen come and go. You find them on the scrap heap right before the season starts, and you add them to your roster for not that much money, and you go on your way. And, I mean, we, we just talk about Clay's Campbell, yeah. Pierre Paul, Justin Houston. Like You can get these vets to sign for Two, two million bucks. Yeah, and, two, and the Panthers two, are fortunate yeah. enough that they have Brian Burns already there. So whoever they line up on the other side, doesn't really matter. Did we talk about two Von Bell, Eric Rowe, that that you know com- combination that we they added. That is that's <laughs> it's huge. Very good. That's huge for defense. I mean, they yeah. and they have you know we've we've talked about it in the past. Like these younger corners that that are now starting to really come into their own and their their secondary. If they can you know hold teams back and keep and let their quarterback cook a little bit, like the Carolina Panthers could be a sneaky really good team. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to watch them play. It, it's all going to come down to hitting on that quarterback pick. Um, right. Wh- whoever it is, if if they go out and they play well, this team can win a lot of games. If they go out and they play poorly, they will not. And that is the TSF difference right there. <laughs> if your quarterback <laughs> is bad, you're Mark, not going to play good. good. <laughs> it's tough we, to win games with a we bad quarterback. I think, honestly, just the way that they set it up, they would need a Jamarcus Russell level collapse in order for <laughs> this to not work. Yep. Yeah. And I don't think we, I don't think any of the top four guys are that. Um, so rock and roll. Yep. The right. Bears. The Bears. You have the stats. Oh, yeah. I will take it. Um, I gave them an A plus as well. I think they've had a fantastic offseason. I know they lost David Montgomery, which is a big loss at the running back position. But with what we know about the running backs in the NFL, they are very, very replaceable. They also lost the best to ever do it, Nikhil Harry. I don't know where they're going to find another blocking wide receiver like that. Those are tough to come by. Um, but in all seriousness, they added Tremaine Edmonds, the guy that we just talked about at Buffalo. Um, he's a fantastic linebacker. It helps them replace Roquan Smith after the deal at the end of the year um, where they sent him to Baltimore. They brought in another couple offensive linemen. They added Deontay Foreman, who had a great season down in uh, Carolina. I think Deontay Foreman can probably do 75 to 80% of what David Montgomery offered, if not more on on the right day. So that replacement right there, I I think is the bears looking at, Hey, we lost the guy. Hey, let's fill that spot. Boom, we did it nice and easy. Wash your hands a bit. And then, like I said, Tremaine Edmonds. They also added TJ Edwards um, at linebacker coming over from Philly, I believe. And these are guys that are just going to play immense numbers of snaps for you. Um, They also traded for DJ Moore, uh, as we just talked about, from Carolina. So you take all of this, you wrap it up, and you're like, oh, well, they gave gave away the the number one pick. It's like, yeah, but they still have first-round picks in the draft. They're not, you know, uh, without an early pick. They can still add to this entire stable of people they've added this offseason. I love what they've done. I think they gave Fields a weapon in DJ Moore that he's going to be able to use uh, over and over and over again. He'll probably have a 100-catch season. 
Um, they've got a running back that's going to hopefully play behind an improved offensive line that will be able to give them some some holes to run through that David Montgomery never quite seemed to find. But um, I don't know. I'm I'm very very stoked. I can't say I've been excited about what the Bears have done in any offseason uh, in recent memory. <laughs> so it's nice to see them trending in the right direction. Fields was fun to watch last season. So now adding the weapon of DJ Moore is going to be even better. I mean, they had the most cap and free agency. There's, there's no reason to not give them an A plus based off of what they actually brought in, you know, two big linebackers, you know, it's just all the right necessary steps for a team that has money and they really lost nothing. Right. Yeah. That's the big thing, right? They didn't lose anybody like Riley reef. Okay, cool. He's uh, an aging lineman. He went to the Patriots. That's, what piece. you expected. Yeah, all these guys are like minimum paid guys anyways. Um, I have nothing to add. So the Bengals, B-. minus Again, they were great last year. Jesse Bates was a huge loss. Von Bell, big loss too. And, you know, two safeties, but they bring in Nick Scott to safety. Orlando Brown from the Chiefs, the um, left tackle. Irv Smith Jr., which... I don't really care for, but what whatever you got him for cheap. Um, re, re, he's a receiving tight end, but he's not that good. Anyways, um, bringing Cindy Jones, the cornerback, and Cody Ford, the offensive guard. Um, they also lost Hayden Hurst, Samaj P. Ryan, which I think is a huge loss because we don't know what's going to happen with Joe Mixon. He could get cut, for all we know. Eli Apple, the cornerback, Trey Fett. Flowers lost. Drew Sample is going to be weird not being on <laughs> the Bengals. I just feel like every year I'm like, oh, just pick up Drew Sample. Yeah, like, oh, uh, my tight ends out of school, grab Drew Sample for a week. Why not? <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, what you said about Irv Smith, I think, is the biggest uh, impact there with, with how you can grade this team out. If Irv Smith shows up, he stays healthy, he's on the field, he can flex out in the slot at, at that tight end position. Cool. Like this grade will probably go even higher than the B minus we gave them. If he shows up and gets hurt instantly, your offseason looks a lot worse. Um, he can probably do about everything that Hayden Hurst can do as far as receiving, but you talk about blocking, and he's not even a fraction of what Hayden Hurst brings. He is not going to block at that level. He's not an inline tight end. He's not going to be able to do it. So you lose that immediately. And then you talk about, okay, well, now I have depreciating blocking ability, and I lost Samaj P. Ryan. So now Joe Mixon is supposed to do all this work by himself with with a uh, uh, fledgling uh, blockers in front of him. So it's an interesting maneuver. That's why I dinged them a bit. I do love them bringing Orlando Brown. I think that's a fantastic move. Uh, beyond that, I think they lost more than they brought in. But they're a top-of-the-table team. They're going to be there again. They need to save some money for when they inevitably have to sign T. Higgins. Um, Jamar Chase is going to be due for a contract before you know it. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. You know, these guys need to get paid. So they're definitely being conscious of that. And you can understand their lack of spending. Absolutely. Agree to all points. So I'll move over to the Cleveland Browns. Um, the grade was a B minus. And, you know, your first line is even just it, it hits it right on the head. It's very meh offseason. <laughs> you know, they they lost a few things on defense. They Greedy Williams is a big one. Jadavian Clowney is a big one. Uh, Deion Jones, uh, John Johnson, you know, th- there's there's some players on, on defense, even, you know, Taven Bryan was, you know, playing it sometimes uh, that they've lost, but they really, you know, Davlin Thompson was a good ad, so really kind of helps out the defensive line. Um, uh, was that a, a Kronkwu? 
Oh, you, you mean Ogbonia or Conqueror? <laughs> um, That's the I think, one, yeah. I, I think I, I get him mixed up with Conqueror. Yeah, so there's there's actually some some uh, some other players that uh, uh, or no there's there's another DN that's got a very similar last name that I'm thinking of, but anyway, um, I think they they replaced a little bit, you know, Tristan Hill too. Like he, their defenses kind of flopped just to different names, um, so it really wasn't that bad. But the biggest thing that I love about the Cleveland Browns what they did was bringing in Elijah Moore. That trade was absolutely just I feel like it just screwed the Jets sideways because they they went and brought in. Um, and we'll go over to the Jets, um, you know, later. But they ended up stealing a player that that should be completely highlighted in in what the Jets was were doing before Garrett Wilson got there. And it's a number two receiver for Deshaun Watson that he didn't have really last year. I know Donovan Peoples Jones is a fan favorite, but you know Elijah Moore is really the guy, and, and he's going to be a great complement to Mari Cooper, and I think he's going to do great things for their offense. Yeah, I, I comped him to the first year that Jarvis Landry was uh, in Cleveland with Baker. I think he could have a very, very similar season with Deshaun Watson and Elijah Moore, um, you know, playing in the slot, playing outside when asked to. He does a lot of things very well at the wide receiver position. So I'm stoked on the upside there. And, he, and he's not he's not slow either. Very <laughs> fast guy. They were showing like, oh, the new Jets, like, look at their 40 speeds. I'm like, well, you just got rid of your fastest guy. Yeah, Elijah <laughs> like, Mitchell like, beat all of the Elijah Moore better. Beat all of yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh great, great for them, I guess. Okay, moving on to Dallas. Them yeah. boys. We them boys. Uh, I'll start at A minus. Um biggest one, I think, or two biggest ones. Brennan Cooks traded uh for pretty cheap from the Texans to the Cowboys. Um they've been looking for that guy for a while since Cooper's been gone. Not a while a year and a half but great addition there Stefan Gilmore I think is a massive addition um he just fits this defense so well I think like he's just he's still elite and I think people think he's like pretty old but he's he's just still probably still a top you know six seven quarterback in the league and you pair that with the defense for Dallas and that's a massive Lost some guys. Dalton Schultz, I would like to see him back. Noah Brown had a pretty good season last year, the wide receiver. Um, Tua Hilton, I honestly forgot he was not, he, he was on the team. <laughs> um, other than that, I'll end with, of course, Ezekiel Elliott. They replaced him with Ronald Jones. <laughs> I know Jones is not going to be the the guy there. They'll draft someone or bring someone in. But um, it's weird and sad to see Zeke not in Dallas. It's just a weird and sad day. And he's still a free agent. So it's going to look real weird, him in any other uniform. But I mean, I love the Steph Gilmore sign. You mentioned it. A man, man cover guy to play opposite Trayvon Diggs, hopefully mentor him into maybe being a little bit less of a risk taker to play a little bit more of a lockdown guy. Play cornerback. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I can't, I can't agree more. I mean, they've lost more than they gained in, in areas that I think matter. Um, Outside of, like you said, Gilmore and Cooks is just beating a dead horse at that point. But they did lose Zeke, which is a big, a big part of their team. You know, um, you know, Dalton Schultz and, and they're they're really just letting that um, 
uh, not a rookie anymore, but that other Jake Ferguson. Ferguson. Yeah, they're just letting him take the reins there. Connor McGovern was an offensive lineman that they really relied upon last year. Uh, Jason Peters was someone that, yeah, I mean, he's Jason Peters, what, 40-some-odd years old, but he, <laughs> he got mixed in because of the injuries that were happening on the offensive line for Dallas, which is something that's just reoccurring over and over again. Oh, um, oh yeah, so, when was the last time Tyron Smith played a full season? Ex- exactly. So, like, I, I mean, I, I love the two – name additions of, of cooks and Gilmore like this, this a minus grade is totally warranted. They just are the Dallas Cowboys and they just keep putting, <laughs> putting, uh, you know, superstars on the field and, and letting, letting some of their depth go. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm very interested to see how the tight end position plays out. I do think they're going to be players in the draft at the position with, with how deep it is. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, for how it stands right now, they've, they've got some holes. For, for an offense with all these weapons, they've got some holes and a defense, you know, it, it's mostly returning from last year, but they did lose Anthony Brown. Um, replace him with Steph Gilmore, but you probably would have loved to slide him into your slot instead of whoever else they're going to bump up there. So definitely I, I couldn't give him the A plus grade. I wanted to, couldn't give him, give him an A, had to, had to ding him a little bit, maybe could have dinged him to a B plus, but we'll see what they do with the draft. I, I'm going to say that a lot in, this, in the, the rest of the teams, see what they do with the draft. Yeah, that's the biggest thing, of course. You know, there's they have plan. These teams have plans in the draft, and why they didn't sign certain free agents. Let's hope so. Uh, Broncos, right, uh, Broncos, <laughs> good old Broncos. This, this is an interesting one, um, to say the least. I, th- I think their biggest move, and I put this in my write up here. The biggest move is not on any free agency tracker of players in and players out. Their biggest move of this offseason is signing Sean Payton. Um, I really firmly believe that. And if Sean Payton can get Russ Wilson back on Russ Wilson track, they're they're set. Their team is in great condition no matter what they do with these free agency maneuvers. Now, do I think that can happen? I think that's a whole different conversation. I could probably do an hour-long podcast on that alone. But let's go back to the moves. They brought in some AJP, and I think I love that move, especially to, to fill the void at running back while you wait for Javante Williams to get back to full strength. Perfect move. Bring in Marquez Callaway. You're adding depth that Sean Payton is familiar with from his time in New Orleans to a team that still has a lot of wide receiver depth, but can always use more. Uh, Mike McGlinchey, fine, right tackle. Ben Flowers, good offensive guard. Um, you bring in Jarrett Stidham, whatever. But as far as what they lost, there's not a ton to really talk about. I think Graham Glasgow, the offensive guard, would have been considered a large loss to me if they didn't already go and address it with Ben Flowers. Flip side, they lose Marlon Mack, Latavius Murray, uh, Mike Boone. Only Mike Boone out of that list of people has been signed so far. So Latavius Murray and um, Marlon Mack could very well end end up back in, in Denver. So I'm not going to write them off as... No, Chase Edmonds, gone. too. Well, good, good old Chase Edmonds. He played like one snap for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be an RB too. Wrong. Wrong. You know who's not going to play one snap for the, uh, uh, Jesus, I led that wrong. But anyway, my what I was going to say is Ben Flowers and Mike McGlinchey are going to be massive for this team. They should be playing every single snap. Yeah. Um, is really what I, where I wanted to get to. This is this is huge. I, I they absolutely paid a lot of money for him. They paid a lot of money to protect Russell Wilson to keep him upright and in the pocket so that he can you know make the throws that are necessary because this is Sean Payton's not just going to let him run around and take sacks. It's just not going to happen. Um, so going after these two players is 
really just you you see what their strategy was follow the money here we are what's the lol no biggie um moving forward (laughs) okay go on (laughs) uh the detroit lions i've loved this one as well i mean i don't know if any of you guys feel the same exact way but the lions just uh, i think knocked it out of the ballpark where I, i was a little bit upset with them losing jamal williams but then they bring in David Montgomery, and I'm like, all right, that's upgrade. probably an upgrade, you know, as much as I hate to say it. Do I think David Montgomery scores 17 touchdowns this year? Probably not, but I think anybody that runs the ball is due for some, um, due for a little bit of regression. But then they brought in Cameron Sutton, who I love coming over from uh, from Pitt. Then you also bring in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, uh, Emmanuel Mosley, Marvin Jones, Scott, your best friend, and then Graham Glasgow, best who friend. I just told you would have been um, – one of the bigger losses for Denver had they not already addressed the issue. He'll come over and add to an already pretty nasty looking Detroit Lions offensive line. Best in the so, league. Yeah. I mean, there, there's the no way to phrase it any other way. They had a fantastic offseason and then they only lost Jamal Williams. Fairly big loss, but they had enough running backs. They can they can tolerate it. Mike Hughes, aging defensive back, not huge. DJ Shark, he would have been odd man out in that wide receiver room, anyways. Chris Board, who did a lot of for them on special teams and at linebacker, played a lot of different formations, but I think they can, again, tolerate that with their depth at the position. And then they lose Jeff Okuda, who they've been looking to get rid of anyways for years. So tough to say they didn't have the offseason they wanted. If they could have drawn it up anyway, this might have been exactly what they, they had. It went exactly to plan. So uh, I'm giving them an A- minus only because I think Jamal Williams would have been great to keep around. But you could easily give them an A or an A plus on this, and I wouldn't fight you on it. Yeah, I, lo- I love their new uh, secondary there. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. So good. Like, really, at this point, the Detroit Lions are a team to, like, kind of get excited for. And uh, you-, you didn't think that Dan Campbell was going to do it, but I, I think he's he's got a playoff team and, and someone that you could root for. Yeah, 100%. So Green- if Aaron Rodgers is not the quarterback in Green Bay. <laughs> Great transition because that's where we're going to go next. And that's the question mark. You know, they have a D right now for the grade because, well, I think they're going with Julian Love, Jordan Love. What's his love, name? Yeah. It's Jordan, yeah. but I like Julian more. <laughs> Julian Love. Um, <laughs> so they, yeah, they, they, they really kind of fucking butchered this, this, this offseason. Um, they brought in. Literally no one. A long snapper. We have a long, <laughs> long snapper, snapper list. <laughs> like, I had a list because it's, like, it's the only thing that they brought in. You know, they 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 let they let go of Tanyan, you know, whatever. But you know, when you add up this list of, of weapons that I'm gonna add, like it just sounds hysterical. Uh Robert Tunyon, uh Alan Lazard, um Okay, I guess Randall Cobb doesn't matter much, but those are really their two bigger pass catchers last year. I mean, they're rolling with the rookies. You know, this is this is what they've got. You know, this is a team that looks like they may be finding themselves at the bottom of the the league by the by the end of the season. Yeah, you'll find out real quickly if Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are legit, or if it was Aaron Rodgers carrying them. If they trot out Jordan Love and and try to see what they can, what he can do with you know a couple sophomore wide receivers. Um, they did add uh, the safety Traverius Moore, who's a decent 26-year-old coming over from San Fran, but they lost Adrian Amos at the same time. So it's kind of just a lateral move to me. Um, 
and then the entire mismanagement of the Aaron Rodgers trade debacle. I think, you know, some of the onus definitely lands on Aaron Rodgers, but most of it lies with the front office, not just figuring it out. Like, sit down, take a day, talk about it, and make a deal happen. I mean, how long do you do you just go on with it? Like, at your office, at your day-to-day, nine-to-five job that we all work, how long do you just let things linger out there, like months on end? Like, just sit down and figure it out. Whatever the answer is, whatever the solution is, get a deal done. It's not that hard. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Any minute now. Yep. Just like the dragons in Game of Thrones. They're coming. <laughs> tight reference. Tight reference. Thanks. 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 Doc. All right. Uh, Houston gave him an A. Um, some losses. Uh, Brennan Cooks, not going to pronounce it, the DN there. Uh, Tremont Smith, the cornerback. Jordan Atkins, finally. <laughs> He's out of Houston. <laughs> it seems like it's been forever. Other than that, like OJ Howard, Phil Dorsett. Uh, whatever Rexburg had, um, when weird moves that they, they brought in a lot of vets there. Uh, again, I think Dallas, you you said if they don't draft a quarterback round one, then what's the point for it? Robert Woods, um, you know, Woods to Brandon Cooks. I think it's a downgrade, but it could be a wash depending if Woods is healthier. Jimmy Ward, the safety, Dalton Schultz, good addition. Case Keenum. Pretty good quarterback mentor for whoever the rookie is. Mike Boone and Devin Singletary. Mike Boone's getting paid more than Singletary. I don't know if, if that's you know a, a red flag. Don't you know Singletary is a third um, RB on the team salary wise. Actually, it's probably Pierce now, but still. Uh, Denzel Perriman. They brought in Corey Littleton, Winovich, um, Steve Sims, one of the Sims sisters, and Noah Brown. So they've added a bunch they got rid of a bunch it's just i i just don't know what they're doing yeah they're all over the place in terms of like age and like are we doing veterans are we doing rookies are we doing young guys are we gonna make picks are we gonna try to compete are we gonna who knows um i do think they're gonna come into like right out hot hot out the gate try to win some games if they can grab a couple wins they're in the afc south they're playing you know indie Jacksonville, who looked good last year, will probably be good again. But Indy, very, very, very beatable. And Tennessee, very, very beatable, especially if they don't have a quarterback. Like, um, I think they they see that. I think the management sees that. And they're like, we can win this division. We could definitely compete for a wild card spot. Um, that's a great that's a great start to a rookie quarterback's career if they draft one and they have a great uh, great first season. So, um yeah, that's that's the name of the game for them. There's really nothing else. Again, going into this, they need to get this quarterback and then see how this team actually unfolds. Really nothing to tell at this point because there's been so much turnover. Um, Indianapolis Colts, uh, their their grade is a C minus on the offseason. They didn't really bring in a lot. Um, they were kind of uh, a little bit you know slower in, in spending, and I, I think it's more to do with with some of the money that they had to work with, but. Uh, I believe Ebucam, uh, Samson Ebucam, he's a, he's a decent little player. Taven Bryan, you know, another de- defensive lineman. Um, so they wanted to look at that because you know they they had lost, um, you know, Yannick Ngakwe, who's who's someone who's really big on on that defensive line. Bobby Okariki, like there's there's some some speed rushing ability gone now for the Colts. Um, they lost Paris Campbell, but brought in Isaiah McKenzie, which I actually kind of feel like uh, is a decent. 
um, you know, upgrade in, in a sense, you know, because Campbell was always off the field and McKenzie is someone who's been grinding with the Bills and it really shows, you know, the the Colts lost Matt Ryan and now at this point have, you know, we're we're, we're just kind of waiting to see what, what their quarterback situation is going to be. So that's that's kind of weird. I mean, they brought in Gardner Minshew just in case they can't get anything. Um, but even, you know, outside of that, that's really their additions. Uh, they brought Matt Gay in. Ooh, whoop de doo. Um, but they uh, <laughs> passed them exactly. They lost to Fon Gilmore. That was a big hit. Uh, Ronnie McLeod. You know, it's a decent size hit too. So there's there's a little bit more loss than gain here, and, and I think the C minus grade makes sense. Totally agree. Um, moving on to the Jags, they get a C plus out of me or out of us rather. Uh, they did lose Juwan Taylor, big offensive tackle for them, but. I think that they're a team who has so much young talent and has had first round picks and early first round picks for so many consecutive years that they weren't really in a position to do a ton. They know they're going to have to pay some of these guys down the road. They're saving up a little bit of money for that. And they still managed to bring in Calvin Ridley with the, uh, the trade with Atlanta. Um, then he'll finally be able to play this year. So I think kind of, they were content to build on what they already had kept most of their pieces. They did let Marvin Jones go, um, but besides that, they're not losing a ton uh, of huge contributors to their to their offense or defense. So um, I think it's just a, a pretty standard grade. They didn't do a lot, but they weren't a team who needed to do a lot. So a C plus makes sense. All right, and the Chiefs uh, lost Orlando Brown, but they did bring in Juwan Taylor at the tackle. Um, Give him B minus because they did lose Juju Smith Schuster and Michael Hardman, as well as Justin. Well, Watson, but they didn't bring any wide receiver in besides R- Richard James. So speculation of, you know, maybe they could be in a D hop um, sweepstakes. Hopefully they believe in Tony and Sky more, 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 more. I didn't stutter. I just two words. <laughs> Anyways, um, other than that, Drew Tranquil from the Chargers, I, I think is a great addition. They lost Andrew. Well, that kind of hurts. But other than that, uh, Ronald Jones is gone. Fantastic. McKinnon's still a free agent. They'll probably bring him back for a one-year deal anyways. But other than that, um, again, they were a Super Bowl team last year. Uh, they didn't get worse. Worse, so um, wide receiver need addition on, but that's about it. Yeah, they didn't have to do too much to even be successful, to be honest. So uh, one team that did need to do a lot, um, and it is just a head scratcher of a team. Um, not sure what direction where we're going with, with the Raiders here, uh, but they're so they're great as a C this offseason. Um, shipped out Derek Carr. Uh, you know, he's just gone, right? Replace him with Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. I mean, I don't think he's better than Derek Carr, but I also, you know, anything could happen. You know, Garoppolo could be better than Derek Carr. That's that's really just what's going to happen with with McDaniel's and how this offense is going to run. You know, they they lose um, Matt Collins, uh, so they replace him with Jacoby Myers. Also, kind of a head scratcher since they already had Devontae Adams, they had uh, Hunter Renfro. Uh, you know, even if they wanted to sign Matt Collins, who was actually fairly decent for them last year, would have been way less money. You know, it's just it's just a little bit of a head scratcher there for what they did on offense. Um, you know, they 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 let um, Darren Waller he got had tra- he traded away and and they really replaced him with Austin Hooper and and OJ Howard, which are kind of you know OJ Howard is almost on his way out of the league, but Austin Hooper is is someone that uh, you know hasn't really shown up since his time in um, Atlanta. So they they also. Um, 
Geez, got to figure this out on the fly. Uh, the whole page just moved on me. Um, the, uh, the the Raiders, you know, had some depth piece losses. You know, uh, Cleveland Farrell, you know, didn't really even play that much. But Corey Littleton, Rockison, Duran Harmon, uh, these are their, you know, depth losses. You know, Foster Moreau would have been a nice replacement. But unfortunately, you know, with his cancer, he's not going to be able to play, you know. Um Let's see uh, what else do they have lost. There was Denzel Perryman, Andrew Billings. You know, those are actually some decent players on the defensive side. And it, they replaced, you know, one or two. Marcus Epps is a, a decent one to bring in, Robert Spillane. Um, but outside of that, you know, there's there's just a lot of head scratcher for this team. Yeah, they had so much movement. It's so hard to say. And, like, lateral movement for that matter. Right. Um, On to another team who didn't have much movement. The Los Angeles Chargers, they had a lot of movement out, but not a lot in. Um, they bring in Eric Hendricks, and that's their only move uh, as far as signing people go. They lost Drew Tranquil. I think that's kind of a lateral move. Maybe Eric Hendricks gets a, a slight edge based on what he's done in the league so far. Uh, Drew Tranquil never really quite made that impact, but he's still young, so he has time to time to build on that. Um, as far as other positions, DeAndre Carter leaves, but they are kind of set at wide receiver with Keenan Allen and, and Mike Williams, so anybody else they have is kind of just a bonus. Then you talk about Storm Norton, Brendan Fajoko. Um, you know, nothing that really moves the needle for me all, the, all that much. Jalen Guyton, I guess, had a couple big plays last year. And Kyle Van Noy has bounced around for a while as a decent linebacker. But nobody that I'm super upset about losing if I'm the Chargers, they'll address it in the draft. They're definitely still for uh, working out the details with Austin Eckler, whether he's going to be traded or renegotiate his contract or what their plan is with him. So they're definitely leaving some flexibility in, in their cap space, their, their limited cap space. So for now, they get a C plus. We'll see if that moves. All right. Uh, this one's going to be very, very fast because there's nothing going on at all. The Rams gave them an F. <laughs> They've added no one new. They I guess only F we gave. Resign a few guys. Um, we're, we're just fine if you're a good, good team, but they're not. So they're, they're just going full tank mode, I think. They lost Bobby Wagner. Taylor Rapp, Leonard Floyd, Jalen Ramsey, Matt Gay, who's also a great kicker, talks that they want to trade Allen Robinson. They're in talks of trying to trade and get rid of the Matt Stafford contract. Then Cooper Cup's going to, at some point, be pissed and want to go to a team where he can play and win. So um, Rams, it's an F. It's a really bad embarrassment, and they have really no picks to uh, really help their team anyway so yeah and the biggest move uh for for probably the nfl's defense uh in, from the rams to the dolphins was jalen ramsey which is what gives the dolphins an a minus grade um they they had some losses like mike Kosicki, you know uh, landon robinson played some decent defense for them eric rowe played byron jones was a big corner that that had left, but you know, Jalen Ramsey trumps everything, no matter what you can list off. I mean, Melvin Ingram was actually a, a really decent player for them. Um, but move that money to the, to the cornerback position. You know, you don't have the the edge rusher. That's fine. He's still going to shut him down. You know, Byron Jones didn't really even do that much last year. Uh, they cut him out. Right. Yeah. So like, season, so. they, they really, it's a, Big addition, um, you know, bringing uh, Braxton Berrios is not really that big of a deal. Mike White, D- uh, Dan Feeney, whatever, Deshaun Elliott's a decent player, but um, all this, all this says is is Jalen Ramsey, and it was it was just one big move that that really shook up the NFL. 
For sure. The Vikings are our next team up. They get a C. They didn't do much. They overpaid for Josh Oliver when they already have TJ Hawkinson, so there's that. They brought in Byron Murphy, which I think is a good move for them. They need help at defensive back. They have for years. Uh, Marcus Davenport comes in at defensive end. I think he could be a good contributor coming over from the Saints. Um, beyond that, no, nobody that really does much for me. And then they let uh, Talvin Tomlinson go at defensive tackle. Adam Thielen moved on to the Panthers. Patrick Peterson could end up being a loss for them. Um, but again, with the replacement of Byron Murphy, I think that's a step in the right direction. Eric Hendricks, Irv Smith, Duke Shelley all move on. Shannon Sullivan um, and BC Johnson at wide receiver is another one, but he's a depth piece playing behind a lot of other guys that will play in front of him. So uh, for now, they stay into the C, very kind of middle of the road. Uh, some moves that made sense, some losses that kind of hurt. I think they're going to end up being very, very comparable to next year unless they do something big in the draft. Uh, in the draft, rather. Unfortunately, or not even unfortunately, they were good last year. As far as their record goes, their defense was just bad. So if they can address the defensive needs, maybe they can uh, Im- improve on that and not have the worst uh, point differential in NFL history for an like, 11-win team. Try that mm-hmm. out. All right, the Patriots are next. Gave them a C plus. Um, brought in Juju Smith-Schuster. Got rid of Jacoby Myers. We're the same contract. Call the wash if you want. I'd rather Myers, but that's me. But got rid of Damian Harris, who signed for like a $1.25 million bucks with the Bills. He bringing James Robinson for $4 million bucks a year for two years. I think that's a horrible mistake there. I'd rather Damian Harris. I think we we all do. Mike Isecki, um, that's a good addition. It's better, of course, than Jonah Smith, who I, I forgot to add, but he got traded to the I don't know. Guys, help me out. Uh, Falcons? Falcons. Falcons. Yeah. Falcons. Falcons. Right. I forgot to add him to the Falcons up top, too. But, um, well, he's not going to play much, I don't think. <laughs> right. Right. No. Yeah. Um, but he might, but Gasek is an upgrade. Um, he's uh, got all the skills. He wasn't used in Miami, rightfully so, with the weapons they have there. But other than that, Nelson Aguilar um, is why I gave him a C because they got rid of him. The yeah. McCordy retired. <laughs> Isaiah Wynn, who gives a shit. Um, yeah, that's a bring K- subtraction. Kevin Anderson, the offensive tackle is a good ad. But other than that, very me- mediocre so far. And we'll see what they do during the draft. <sighs> I want to give him an F just for trying to retain Miles Bryant, that piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, that team's Robinson was a big hand scratcher, but you know it is yeah. what it is. Uh, so the New Orleans Saints, um, we gave them a B uh, for this for this off season for them. They're always that one team that just has that cap issue. Like they have to figure it all out on the fly. Like there's 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 no real comfort level for them to figure out their off seasons. So they lose players like you know Jarvis Landry, who well yeah it didn't really play too much, but he you know it, it was someone that you know was a, a nice little player for a time or two. Um, over the last two years, Onyamata, they lost Shai Tuttle, they lost Marcus Davenport, um, you know, helped out a little bit last year. Deontay Hardy is a guy that they really liked using uh, on offense and in special teams. And Bradley Roby was was someone they brought over and was doing really well. So you lose players um, uh, w- with the way that the Saints work. And they didn't really gain too, too much other than, you know, Jamal Williams, was one of their biggest ads in 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 
pretty much anyone's opinion. I mean, he's going to be able to complement Alvin Kamara really well. Probably someone that hasn't been able to do it since Mark Ingram like six years ago. Yeah, they lo- they lose Ingram now, but this Ingram is a little different than what happened um, in the beginning of Alvin Kamara's career. So this is going to be interesting to watch between what happens uh, between Kamara and Williams. Um, and Jonathan Abram, I feel like was a sneaky signing for them. And and it worked out really well, but the, the the real big one, and I believe this is why they even get a B after you know having lost so many players, is that they bring in a quarterback that they haven't had since since um, since Drew Brees, and that's Derek Carr. Uh, granted, he's not Drew Brees, but maybe towards the end of Drew Brees' career, maybe there's some comp, uh, comp there. But Derek Carr is someone that's going to be able to run an offense. You know, that's something that Tayshon or, or Taysom Hill wasn't able to do or or Jameis Winston wasn't able to do or Andy Dalton wasn't. You know, like Derek Carr is someone who is going to be able to, whether game manager or West Coast offense or even be able to throw a long bomb. Like he's a quarterback. He's a legitimate NFL quarterback. That's something that uh, the Saints haven't had. So all in all, that has to be a, a, a B grade. Oh, million percent agree. Um, next, all we have up is the New York Giants, and they get a B from us. Um, they pretty much did everything right. Uh, they re-signed Danny Jones. They, well, attempted to tag Saquon Barkley. It appears he's going to hold out until he gets a longer deal. But um, that notwithstanding, they went out and they got some linebacker help. They signed Bobby O'Karaki from the Colts. Fantastic addition. Raheem Nunez-Roches at defensive tackle. Paris Campbell at wide receiver. Jamison Crowder at wide receiver. Bobby McCain and Amani Oruyawari at cornerback. And Darren Waller, I think, is is the big the big tight end there um, that they that they added. So they and they also have Daniel Bellinger at tight end. So I think they have a really good um, like foil to each other between Darren Waller and Bellinger, who do two very very different things at the tight end position. It's nice to have two of those guys that can kind of bring different things to the table. And then as far as what they lost, I mean, they didn't lose anything. Julian Love maybe at safety you considered a loss. Uh, Richie James, who would contribute here and there. Penny Galladay, that's addition by subtraction. Um, And Fabian Moreau at cornerback. He played some big snaps for them last year, but I'd much rather have Bobby McCain and uh, Rui Ware. So uh, I'm very happy with them having a B. I think part of this not being an A or or even a B-plus or higher grade in any way is due to the Saquon Barkley mismanagement, not having him locked up for, for a long contract, and kind of them still having a lot of holes that I'd like to see them fill. Um, their offensive line is still young. They're growing, but I'd like to see them add some depth pieces as well before I'm going to bump them into some massive territory. That being said, all these guys uh, that they signed were great pickups. All right. Um, start speeding through these last few teams just because we like to talk a lot. <laughs> I'll try to myself, but Jets, we got a B minus. Probably could, could, could give them a C plus. Um, they bring Alan look. Lazard overpaid for him uh, like crazy for a water receiver through in a team. McCall Harbin, I'm fine with the contract. I think it's like 4.5 million bucks a year. They get rid of um, their second best receiver, Elijah Moore, for next to nothing. Um, they might get rid of Corey Davis, which would be their second best receiver now because he's better than Alan Lazard. But Mike White, I think, is a huge loss, especially if they don't get Aaron Rodgers. If they go out and don't get Aaron Rodgers and lose Mike White. They have no one, and they're going to have no one. Zach Wilson, I can't wait to see him step on a helmet and try to go out there and play. But James Robinson's out. Um, <laughs> other than that, they, they lost Nathan Shepard, the 
DN, they brought in a guard, a tackle, a center, um, Colin Castillo. But a lot of guys lost, but not a, a, a lot of huge guys. Connor McGovern in the center, Joe Flacco, they could get back if Rodgers does not sign there. Um, well, that, yeah. Uh, Jets as of now on B minus, they get Aaron Rodgers probably goes up to an A minus. I hate the fucking Jets. It's fucking <laughs> I hope they don't get Aaron Rodgers. I also hate the Eagles. They get oh, a C minus. Oh yeah. All right. So here's the deal. They get a C minus. I I think if it wasn't for the fact that they had just made it to the Super Bowl and every team that goes to the Super Bowl loses players and they have really no money to work with, you can't really fault the organization for that. So that's why they get a C minus. But if it wasn't for that, this has been a bad offseason for the Eagles because they are losing a lot of people. The list is lengthy. Javon Hargrave, TJ Edwards, uh, Marcus Epps, Kazir White, Chauncey Garner-Johnson, Robert Quinn, Ndamukongsu, Linval Joseph. Massive, massive defensive losses. Sanders. Oh, sorry. Sanders? Miles Sanders. I haven't gotten there yet. I'm just talking about defense. Oh, oh, but like ooh, the ooh. defense right now is 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 a huge huge loss, and and you know they really don't have the ability to bring anything else in. I mean they have Nicholas Morrow, who's like a decent little linebacker. It's just going to be a big, uh, big step down. And then Greedy Williams at cornerback, where um, you know they they. I mean, they kind of add him in, but really they didn't lose a corner. Bradley Roby was someone that was supposed to be lost, but, or is it Ronald Darby? I th- I can't remember which one. No, it's Ronald Darby. Ronald Darby. Uh, they save him um, uh, from leaving, uh, but, you know, they lose starting Chauncey Garner Johnson in the process. It could really only take one. So this, this defense is just a massive turnover, which is why, uh, you know, you definitely have a below average grade on here. You just don't go lower because of the fact that um, they didn't really have much to work with. And then on the offensive side of the ball, you have Miles Sanders that you lost and you bring in one of my most hated players, Rashard Penny, even though he is a namesake, I think the guy sucks and is completely overhyped in the fantasy community, which is one reason why I think it, there's a lot of hatred towards him on my end. <laughs> um, and Miles Sanders was, was was a running back last year that absolutely dominated. So you you really are taking a massive step down there. Yes, again, like we said with all of these, there's the draft. But this so far looks like one of the worst turnovers uh, in, in free agency for a team. Yeah, like you said, the, the Super Bowl teams always get picked clean. So it's definitely a, a little bit uh, mitigating the, the how deep we're going to drop them on the grade. Uh, a team that was nowhere near the Super Bowl, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they get a B-. minus. They have just absolutely hemorrhaged players, but they didn't hemorrhage a ton of talent. I'd say Terrell Edmonds is probably their biggest loss um, as far as, as talent at a specific position, and they immediately replace him with Count O'Neill. So I'm happy with that. It's not a huge – I mean – Edmonds is better than Neil, but it's not a huge step down. They also lost Devin Bush and Miles Jack at the linebacker position, but it seems like the Steelers always just come up with new linebackers out of thin air. Plus, they signed to Landon Roberts and Cole Holcomb, so they'll figure out a way to get these guys to work for them. Um, again, a B-minus grade, nothing major. They didn't really do a ton. They did bring in Patrick Peterson, which bumps them up a little bit. I think Patrick Peterson's going to be great on their, on their secondary. He'll be able to fit in right away, but they lost Cameron Sutton, so it's like, all right, every guy in has a guy, uh, you know, who went out, and that, that was the reason for the signing. So, um, it's tough to give them a super high grade, but it's tough to knock them very, very low. B minus just felt right. All right, and the Niners, we gave a B. 
I just feel like it was a kind of a wash. Like nothing really happened. Um, they assigned Javon Harger to tackle Isaiah Oliver, the cornerback, Sam Darnold, the quarterback. Um, they lost Garoppolo. They lost Mike McGlinchey, the offensive tackle. But other than that, like Jimmy Ward's more of a name now. Uh, the safety they lost, Emmanuel Mosley, the cornerback, Jason Verrett, the cornerback, but not huge signings, not huge losses. Um, that's why I feel like it's just a wash, and we'll just see what happens with the quarterback's situation in the next few months. One uh, quarterback situation that was uh, completely settled was the Geno Smith to Seattle contract early on in the offseason. This was uh, something that I think everyone saw coming. Nice little resurgence for the Seahawks and, and or, or for G- uh, Geno Smith and uh, nice little uh, change of pace from Russell Wilson in, in that whole trade debacle. So uh, the Seahawks really actually didn't have to do much in, in this offseason due to that and, and some surprise elements to last season. And um, so they didn't really go out and get anyone really quick. They kind of waited, and, and then they found themselves, you know, dumb luck back into Bobby Wagner, which is, I think is a great move for them. And then bringing in Devin Bush, a, another linebacker that's that's really good for their defense. Um, we just talked about how he was lost for the Steelers. I think he's a pretty quick linebacker, and it's going to be someone that's going to help out, uh, maybe bring this uh, Seahawks defense back to where they were five years ago, six years ago. So they, uh, they did also lose on the defensive side, uh, Shelby Harris and Puna Ford. Those are two players that I know uh, were a little more mainstays in their defense, but they bring in uh, Draymond Jones and Jerron Reed who are going to replace them. So they, they kind of like made that little even killed. And as far as like losing like actual players, I'm going down the list. I don't really see much, Um, you know, getting Richard Penny off the team is just a win in itself. So, you know, the A minus grade, that eventually, yeah, this A (laughs) minus grade is, is all just coming together now. Um, you know, Marquis Goodwin didn't really matter. Gabe Jackson was a, was a player that they did use on the offensive line last year, but they bring in Evan Brown. Like they had again, what I talk about surprises that their two offensive tackles that they drafted last year ended up both playing all season. Uh, you know, Rashard Penny goes down. Kevin Kenneth Walker almost won Rookie of the Year. You know, like there's just a lot of good things that happened for them last year. They didn't have to do much. Yeah, uh, moving forward to the Bucks, who have much less certainty at their quarterback position. Uh, they lose Tom Brady, the generational talent, and decide to replace him with Baker Mayfield. So that's a big step down. Um, I mean, they just kind of lost a lot of players. Rakeem Nunez, Roaches, Keanu Neal, Sean Bunting, Mike Edwards, Scotty Miller. Donovan Smith is a huge loss at left tackle. Leonard Fournette, I mean, at least you still have Rashad White there, so I'm not going to consider that a huge L. Uh, Cameron Brate, Julio Jones. And uh, Logan Ryan, I mean, these are guys that played big snaps for them all year long, and they did not replace them. They brought in Chase Edmonds, Ryan Neal, Baker Mayfield, and Greg Gaines. You get a C-minus for that. So You lost a ton of guys. Sure, you filled a couple holes, but you're not even going to be a legitimate starting lineup when all is said and done, you know, week one. They don't even have enough picks to fill out a legitimate lineup. That would impress me. Yeah, and and also, if Devin White leaves, uh, F. Yep, the, that's also yeah. pretty huge. Um, the Titans, we gave a C. Um Again, not sure what they're doing. I think they should be tanking. Um, they bring Andre to the the OT. Um, 
they bring Aziz Al Shair and Luke Gill for the linebackers, but they lost Dylan Cole and David Long. So it's kind of a wash there, but I don't know too much about those guys. Anyways, lost Nate Davis, the guard, Robert Woods, the, the receiver only after one year, Marcus Walker, the DN, Austin Hooper, um, which I think they're fine with because they have a, a conch woo, but they lost a lot of guys, not a lot of big guys, but a, a lot of guys. They need to fill a lot of spots up. Um, and there's talks of Derrick Henry uh, possibly being traded during um, draft night. So, yeah, and uh, they could take a quarterback. So Tannehill c- could be done as well. So uh, see for now. And if you don't do shit during the draft, then wolf. <laughs> uh, Washington Commanders to, to end the night. I'm looking through the entire list of players, and there's just not anyone that they How lost. sexy is it? Yeah, there's not anyone they lost that really matter to even talk about, other than like the switch between Tyler Heineke to the addition of Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. There's like, it's just, there's nothing, there's, there's no matter. I mean, Cole Holcomb was a decent linebacker, but, you know, who cares? I mean, they bring in another one, uh, uh, Cody Barton. You know, it's just this team is just in a weird position where they they really need to to draft and, and get younger, and and they already have a lot of players that you know just didn't hit free agency this year. So, um, you know, bring in Andrew Wiley as an offensive tackle is decent uh, little addition. You know, but they and they lost um, they lost some depth pieces. You know, Wester. Schweitzer, uh, offensive guard. I know he started there for for quite some time. Maybe not recently. I'm not sure, but uh, you know they lost a couple other ones. Mess Martin, Trey Turner, who probably you know didn't play. Nick Martin, you know whatever. Uh, bring in Nick Gates at offensive guard or Trenton Scott at offensive guard. Like just a lot of depth, late depth. You know, forty to fifty two members on the on the team switching. <laughs> uh, so you know, I, I guess we gave him a B. Um, I would even maybe knock it a little bit give it a C plus because they didn't like crap their pants and lose anyone, but they also didn't do anything. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, no, totally. I, I gave him a bump because Jacoby Brissett could legitimately end up being the starter there. Right. Um, right and you right. ditched Heineke who just proved that he really wasn't, but yeah, I mean, they, they didn't, they didn't blow your, uh, blow your pants off in any way, shape or form. Um, That'll pretty much do it. That's all 32 teams and our grades on all of them. You'll find this article up on the website, probably by Monday, depending on when you're hearing this. Um, right here like Saturday, but uh, well, this will be up on Monday with full write-ups. This is a quick, quick gloss over. You'll get all the in-depth uh, opinions from all the TSF models, letting you know what we think about each and every team and each and every move. So stay on the lookout for that updated mock draft will be out next week as well. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. Uh, anything else? Oh yeah. We get the listener league stuff. We're going to start recruiting for that again. So if you want into our listener league, Mention that you heard this that I'm talking about right now on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, anything. Tag Top Shelf at Top Shelf FNTSY. Say, hey, Corey, I heard you talking about Listener League on the podcast number 247. I'd love to get in on it and we'll get you um, the info that you'll need to be a part of it. Rock and roll ain't noise pollution. Top Shelf Fantasy. Stay fluid. Stay loose.